If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. So, yeah, so Joe finds Mary out rock sitting. Um, oh, dude, if she had an ancient coat hanger, how amazing would that be? <laughs> <laughs> Mary, no, no. They call over the hunter guy. Hey, we're kind of worried about it. Can you take care of this, like, early? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> you know, a lot of people have fallen down wells in this movie. I'm thinking... The donkey causes a Rube Goldberg abortion somehow. <laughs> <laughs> oh... Awful movie. Movie. Movies. Welcome back to the Gamcast, where each week we sample another selection from Christian cinema, because damn it, if that's not what it says on the show's description. I'm your host, No Illusions, and sitting to my immediate left is my good friend, Heath Enright. Heath, welcome back. Thanks, Noah. You know who thought we were pedophiles? The clerk at the movie theater where we saw a cartoon matinee together. <laughs> pretty, pretty sure he was looking for a wingman, but uh, still, yeah, he was gross. Yeah, no, it was odd. And of course, sitting 81 miles to my right is my bad friend, Eli Bosnick. Eli, how are you this fine afternoon, sir? The exact same thing happened to me. <laughs> I don't I don't have social graces, so I played into it with the lady. I kept being like, you're a murderer. And she was like, <laughs> trying to do that like polite retail laugh. But I kept being like, no, seriously, I'm not plotting anything. You're weird. Lots of men come here at Tuesday at 4 a.m., 4 p.m. to watch a children's movie, right? Bye, bye. Right? <laughs> Do you mind if I take a picture of you with a timestamp on it? No, no, sir. Thank you. Hold up that newspaper. Got it. You're very wacky. I get it. You're doing a wacky thing at me. Yeah, no, I would have felt a lot less comfortable if we didn't have that theater to ourselves. Um, so, but we, as we so often do when we go see these things in theaters, have the theater to ourselves. Speaking of which, I guess we should let everyone in on the secret. Heath, tell us, what will we be breaking down today? All right. We watched The Star. It's a classic children's story of cartoon bestiality almost happening, <laughs> but not quite. And also Jesus was born. All in all, an interesting take on the nativity story. I, I enjoyed myself. And Eli, how bad was this movie? Well, first of all, let me just say, surprisingly bad. Surprisingly yeah. bad. I Like, with the modern ability to animate things and this cast, you'd think, eh, how bad could it be? In fact, when people suggested it, I was just kind of like, I don't know, it's a kid's movie. How bad could it be? Really, really, really bad. bad. <laughs> but, but the answer you're looking for is, well... If you love Jesus and you need a music video for your R&B Christmas album, you <laughs> will love this movie. 
because it's a slightly elongated music video for an R&B Christmas album. Yeah, no, it's yeah <laughs> happening while that's playing in the background. No, I'm with you because I, I get really nervous sometimes when people like strongly suggest a movie and we we capitulate because. You know, we love our audience, but they don't always pick the best movies for us. So I was afraid this might be one of those situations where we're going to go in and we're going to see a kid's movie and it's going to be like us making fun of Cars 2 for an hour. Uh, but then we watch this movie and I'm like, no, well, well, way to go, Sony animation. Make it really? easy on us. Kicking it up and up. And the other thing that I enjoyed about this movie is I know some of our listeners have to watch this movie, right? Yep. They're going to Christmas at the grandma and grandpa's and Cars 3 isn't in theaters anymore. And like, let's all go to the movie. See, so it's just like, okay, it's a Christmas movie. So you're going to sit there and you're <laughs> going to watch as the donkey prays for Deus Ex Machina towards the end of this movie. <laughs> you're going to be like, I really hope Eli Heathen Noah did this motherfucking movie. <laughs> Because Keegan-Michael Key is not pulling this off the way he hopes he is. Really, <laughs> not for me. Eddie Murphy is a donkey. He ain't. Yeah, and I, I feel like this entire cast was made up of people who owed Oprah a finger. So let's. I, I wanted to kind of do a quick rundown because uh, a lot of these characters, a lot of these actors, voice actors have such small roles, we probably wouldn't even mention them in the course of reviewing this film. So let's start there. Key of Key and Peele. Uh, plays Dave the Dove, as if we needed more of a reminder of which one was the talented guy in that duo. He was funny <laughs> in this, though. I like it. Oh, <laughs> I like he's doing Ke his best. Ke he's Ke doing funny. his best. So much of the recording in this movie was just... And then Key, like, what would you do for, you like, could I do, don't know, do, a so, minute? Do something funny. <laughs> well, what I'd love to again? see... <laughs> what I'd love to see on this one, though, is, like, all the stuff that he said that they're like, mm, no, it's a little too far. It's a little too far. Because that that's thats my thought, is that maybe he was way funnier originally. But uh, yeah, no, if there was a bright spot in this film, it was Dave the Dove. Uh, we also had Christopher Plummer uh, doing the voice of Herod. All 18 words of the voice of Herod. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying mean, to make up for the fact that he's the only famous actor who hasn't raped someone at this point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I swear that like his his thing was like, all right, you got until the 23rd floor. I'm going to the 23rd floor. <laughs> so we also had Ving Rames. He played Thaddeus, who was the smart, evil dog of the two dogs. Mm -hmm. Kelly Clarkson shows up at the very end to play Leia the horse for like two minutes. She, she has <laughs> two lines. I don't know what happened in the edit or yeah. in the production, but they they cram Kelly Clarkson into this movie in the last four yeah. seconds they're just like hey here she is the very and important like, character of Leia the horse and I'll sing for you now right now even if it doesn't make sense just like on a car Kelly Clarkson <laughs> also we had Chris Christopherson playing the old donkey and I feel like they just gave him cocaine and kept telling him he was an old mill donkey until he believed it. Very right? possible. He, he, he pulls it off here. Um, also, we had, okay, Mariah Carey was in this movie. I don't know who she was. She played Rebecca. I don't know who that is. No and idea. I, I went to their website, like the star's website, and that character doesn't even get mentioned. 
but she was in it. Maybe Mariah Carey would just like insisted on being called Rebecca during this production. And they were just like, hey, sure, whatever you want. Not everyone reacts the same to acid. All right. Let's just get this R&B album in the hands of grandmothers everywhere. Yeah, right. right. Yeah, exactly. That was the point. Um, and then, and then, of course, you have the three camels. Uh, Tyler Perry played Cyrus, the smart but not as smart as the Oprah camel camel. You had Tracy Morgan. <laughs> I love Tracy Morgan. Yeah, he was. it was a disappointment to hear him <laughs> popping up as Felix the dumb camel. And then Oprah plays Deborah the camel, who is the Linus camel. Not just the Linus camel. First of all, she's the shut the fuck up, Tina, in this movie, which is amazing. Every time Oprah's camel speaks, everyone else is like, what movie are you? (laughs) Like, even in a meta context, your line didn't make sense. You know that? (laughs) I'm Oprah. No, you're not supposed to. You're a camel. I'm Oprah. Oprah Winfrey. I'm not a All camel. Right. <laughs> You're a camel. You are a camel. You oh. are a camel. You are a camel. <laughs> She's the fucking worst. And then there's just one other that I have to mention. Very minor role for him. But Joel Osteen played Gaspar. <laughs> one, of the, one of the three wise men. This, this movie by the way, is now the most biblically accurate thing that Joel Osteen has ever been involved with. Thank you. <laughs> quite proud. Um, now, okay, so that that's basically the cast we're working with and then a bunch of people I'd never heard of. Now, is there anything that you guys want to nominate this for being the best at being the worst at? Uh, yeah, I'm going to say best worst accidentally choosing parts from the Bible with graphic sex and violence for this kids movie and just ignoring it. (laughs) We'll get there. They they picked some really weird spots. And 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 when they didn't need to, right? Like, because it's the nativity story. Okay, so the nativity story has a little bit of infanticide and divine rape in it to begin with. So you have to deal with that. But then they would just go and find other graphic sex and violence parts to like squeeze in for character names and shit. You could skip those parts. Like, would any parent be like, well, hold on. They didn't do the infanticide in this cartoon. Um, (laughs) I've read the Bible. What about the rape? Where's the rape? Sony animated like the people after uh, Batman begins. We're saying, yeah, but think about it. Ra's al Ghul never did teach Batman to be a ninja. Yeah, it would have been like that, only with bombs and shit, because they're religious. Um, I was going to go with best, worst, conflict resolution. So throughout this movie, conflict is resolved by the next scene starting. (laughs) They could not give less of... Again, I watched Cars 3, Despicable Me 2 and 3 on the planes back from Japan slash Australia. And I did not appreciate the genius storytelling that was in those films <laughs> until I watched the star. Oh, so fucking bad. Uh, I want to go with, and I already hinted at this, best worst shut the fuck up Oprah. Because it is literally just Oprah being like, I'm Oprah Winfrey. I'm talking into a microphone right now. No, no, Oprah, you're supposed to damn abide. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I titled the notes this week, you know, damn episode 120, Oprah doesn't know she's in a movie. <laughs> they, they, the whole thing, every time she spoke, it just played like they had tricked her into the room and that's just what she was saying. And they had to like, yeah, I, I don't know. It was quite 
bizarre. Well, I'll tell you what. Our Australia trip demanded that we wait on this one until it was largely out of theaters, and that's long enough to wait. So we're going to keep the break brief, and when we come back, we'll dive into all the aw shucks depiction of intended infanticide that are the star. Hi, listener. We wanted to take a moment out of today's show to talk to you about a very serious phenomenon sweeping the nation. We usually try to stick to comedy on this show, but this is near and dear to our hearts, so we can't ignore it. We're talking, of course, about crappy gifts. That's right, Heath. Thousands of innocent people this year will receive crappy gifts for the holidays. Oh, a gift card. Gee, thanks. I didn't realize you knew literally nothing about me. Oh, a sweater. Now I have one of these. Yeah, this is the first sweater I've owned. I love not picking out the clothes I wear. Into that. Exactly. But we're here to help. Let me tell you about Omaha Steaks. And for only $49.99, you can get our family gift pack when you go to omahasteaks.com and enter the code GODAWFULMOVIES in the search bar. That's 75% off. Got someone who doesn't want meat? Omaha Steaks has over 500 gourmet gift ideas. Or maybe you get another full-grown adult socks. No, really, it's great. I love it when other people buy my underwear for me. I will treasure them forever. But right now, Omaha Steaks is giving an exclusive savings just to our listeners, and you can get someone something awesome instead. Listen to everything you'll get for less than $50. Two filet mignons. Already worth it. Two top sirloins. More than worth it. Two boneless pork chops. Four boneless chicken breasts. Yeah. Four kielbasa sausages. They won't let me say the thing I want. Four burgers. Four potatoes au gratin. I could Four eat Four caramel apple tartlets. My wife tartlets. ate those. One Omaha steak seasoning packet. Plus, get four additional kielbasa sausages absolutely free. They sent us a sample package, and Heath was so happy he almost died. You want to make your family that happy? Or are you going to get your sister a book again? Great, an assignment. This is fun. No, it's fine. I'll just stop reading whatever I was reading, and I'll do this homework you gave me as a gift. Thank you. So don't give a terrible gift this holiday season. Instead, go to omahasteaks.com, enter our code GODAWFULMOVIES in the search bar, and get a 75% savings. It's the gift guaranteed to be a hit. Or you can just keep trying to guess what music your niece likes. Great, a CD. I'll use it if I ever get trapped in the past by a witch. <laughs> Hi, I'm Tony D. Are you an R&B artist whose lyrics are usually about putting a penis inside your body? Are you black, though? Well, then technically, you're a Christian, which means you should come on down to Tony D's inexplicable R&B Christmas album warehouse. We got covers of classic Christmas songs, remixes of classic Christmas songs, slightly changed Christmas songs, and I can't emphasize enough, covers of classic Christmas songs. And the fact that this will stick out from the rest of your repertoire like a sore thumb is okay. Because grandmothers will buy your Christmas album for their children because they know their families like your music but refuse to buy a CD with a naked woman on the cover. But don't take my word for it. Listen to these 100% real R&B Christmas albums that we have here at Tony D's R&B Christmas Album Warehouse. Merry Christmas by Mariah Carey. Christmas with Babyface. A Merry Christmas by Mary J. Blige. Eight Days of Christmas by Destiny's Child. Ashanti's Christmas, and much, much more. 
Tony D's inexplicable R&B Christmas album warehouse. Because what the world needs now is a version of I'll Be Home for Christmas with even more vocal riffs. (laughs) (laughs) And we're back for the breakdown and we're going to start things off wondering why Eli has a bunch of stuff about him crying at a TJ Maxx commercial <laughs> at the beginning what is of this? No, the top of the I just put my notes on the commercials before the movie in the beginning. <laughs> we could all share our thoughts. <laughs> you gentlemen chose not to, so it seems like I'm a crazy person. Right? <laughs> just, we had different... I don't think we had the same no, ones. No, yeah. that wasn't... No. It's not. It's right. Although I agree with oh. you, the, the Google, the new Google Pixel phone seems pretty awesome. Right? And there's Anyone a Star was... Wars Disney cruise? We can I go? didn't know about that. That's... I would yeah. love to do that. Yeah. No, you you, got, you had better ads. new hair? Ugh. Yeah, so no. I, clearly, <laughs> if you if, if I'd had ads as cool as you, I would have taken notes on them anyway. All right. Thank you. So we're going to start this movie off all Hindu, really, with with a uh, with a mouse uh, getting kicked out of a place and running around town. I feel like they <laughs> stole this from the Bhagavad Gita, but whatever. <laughs> and we should point out that this is accompanied by like a acapella version of We Three Kings. So I wrote in my notes, <laughs> let's begin this movie with the only thing worse than religion. Acapella. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, for a second, I thought this was a sneak preview for Pitch Perfect 3 that we had walked into by accident. Yeah. I was really happy about it. And then I was disappointed about it. It was not. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I have to say, okay, so this scene really sets the film's tone of like Scrat chases acorn, scrat chases acorn, Christian propaganda, scrat chases acorn, scrat chases acorn. Right? Because we've got this mouse just kind of being like it buoyed through the streets and oh, it fell down, oh, tee hee. And then it shows up at the Virgin Mary's house, right? As God is showing up to warn her about the rape. Yep. <laughs> I was so excited. Like, okay, we're about to watch God fuck Mary right now in this cartoon? <laughs> no. Nope, two, super, two quick disappointments. Yeah. Super duper graphic rape scene in the first 30 <laughs> seconds of this children's movie. Just a herd of people all across the nation desperately covering their children, <laughs> eyes and ears, just putting their kid in a sleeper hole. This is better than therapy. Remember the, remember the time daddy choked you to sleep at Christmas? This is what I want you to remember instead of the movie. Nope, nope. But they they do address the sex. They they get to that plot point. They don't yeah. show it. But he's just like, I'm a ghost and I'm going to fuck you now. I'm God. Woo. Yeah. It's me, Harvey Weinstein. But- <laughs> and Mary's like, all right, cool. So let's let's fuck then. You want to go like doggy or what? He's like, no, no. What? No. Uh, it's immaculate. It's a stop consenting. You're ruining this. <laughs> I'm God. But yeah, but aren't they quick to make sure she consents on this though, right? Yeah. Retelling that story very, very differently, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. First God came in and he was like, hey, Mary, how you going? And I would say they dated at least four or five times. So, <laughs> like, you're weird, uh, just so you know. And, and I want to say that they have entirely, we'll talk about this throughout the movie, they've entirely rewritten the Marian Joseph story to resemble I don't know a sweet couple from the early 2000s like Mary's manic pixie dream madre (laughs) it's mad about you but with Jesus (laughs) (laughs) exactly Joseph are you making chairs or are you falling asleep on the job I'm sorry what (laughs) (laughs) scrambled eggs but it's (laughs) that's Frazier that was Frazier mad Um, about you (laughs) (laughs) Frazier is mad about you. 
And we should we should point out that the mouse. Okay, so the mouse wandered into our house and was like, "Ooh, pita bread," and and Mary shared some with her because she eats with vermin and is stupid and disgusting. Um, and that's when the Holy Ghost shows up and says, "Hey, God's going to be around in about five minutes. He needs." a while for this thing to fully dissolve in your drink anyway um but he's gonna fuck you later and she's like oh great i consent to this actively actively as you're leaving the window and the mouse is all like holy fucking shit i need to go evangelize to all the prairie animals because i guess <laughs> jesus also died to save the souls of the uh prairie animals that will be strongly hinted at in this movie <laughs> yeah, really absolutely well. It one might even say that's the theme of the film. So yeah, so and then we get the whole credit sequence where a new star appears when God comes and all the children and animals are quite impressed by this. Mm -hmm. If I could light up a star by coming, that'd be pretty exciting. That would be pretty fucking star. right. Yeah, yeah, no. So and and there'd be a lot more stars. I mean, they they would like this. The heavens would be prettier to look at. Um, now there's another one just now. Yeah, actually, I guess there's probably is a star lighting up for every orgasm. I don't know. Let's find out like the rate of star production in the visible universe. Skeptics Guide won't answer our tweets anymore. <laughs> <laughs> they won't answer your tweets. Um, so uh, among the many animals that are wowed by this uh, new star is a curious little mill donkey who is having a, a, a religious experience through the slats in his mill. And he doesn't like it in the mill because he just has to walk in a circle all day. Yeah, exactly. But grumpy atheist donkey thinks that little donkey is too much of a dreamer and needs to focus on his job of walking in a circle until he breaks and is just taken out back and has his head lopped off and then is ground up into shit to feed to the other donkeys probably is how they did it. Right. But before we can think about that too much, <laughs> Michael Pigeon is here. Oh, boy. And he is really... Given it is all. Look, I know there was a lunch at some point where Key and Peel got together and it was just like, wow, man, Golden Globe nomination. Congratulations. Yeah, thanks. Thanks. So how's the star doing? Not good. <laughs> not, not good, but I have a lot of screen time. So, you know. Yeah, and he chooses to use the very beginning of it to make Apocalypse Now references. You know, he comes, he's like, I love the smell of freshly ground grain in the morning. It smell, and I'm just like, that's just for us. I don't think the kids are like, oh, right, right. Yeah, like, and, yeah, that's right. Clever. That's yeah. clever. <laughs> kid in the back is just like, born to kill. More like, more like born to mill. I'm nine. <laughs> it's full metal jacket. Yeah, but it was still pretty good. <laughs> Mad about you. Uh, <laughs> Mad about World War II. So... <laughs> So, yeah, and it's here that we learn that little doggy and his name is Bo or will eventually be Bo. So I'm just going to call him Bo. Uh, Bo and Dave the Dove dream of one day be, being part of the royal caravan and they just need to break Bo out of the mill so that they can go do that. Right. So we get this scene where they like he tries to free himself with an unlikely Rube Goldberg-esque series of happenstances that end with him being loose, which, by the way, is his superpower. That's that, a cool that superpower. Is, <laughs> this donkey will do that genuinely four or five times throughout this movie. Yeah, no, like as though he can like do it at will. But and, and there's this really brutal fucking scene here because 
Like, as part of this, he accidentally sets the mill on fire, and then they go to leave, and Dave the Dove is like, hey, what about that old donkey that's still you know, tied up there? And he's like, nah. <laughs> yeah. They just, they just leave him there, and it's like a good message. It's like a lesson. Yeah. Exactly. It's like a weirdly progressive stance on euthanizing old people <laughs> in this movie. Don't worry, the smoke inhalation will get him before he burns to death. It's not that, <laughs> it's not that bad. Some kid just turns to grandpa whose retirement age has just been raised to 70 and just starts eyeballing him, nodding up and down (laughs) real slow. You see that, grandpa? You see that? So (laughs) (laughs) Old donkey knows when it's too late to collect the check anymore. Slashing Medicare, but we're going to, you know, it's going to trickle down. It's going to work forever. The economy's going to be boosted. (laughs) Old mill donkey, Walmart greeter. Not a lot of difference, is there, gramps? Yeah. You know, I already knew I was at Walmart because that's where I just walked into. So... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Any useless, but yeah, but but luckily for this movie, so that we don't have to deal with the fact that he murdered the old donkey on his way out, uh, the mill owner shows up and he's all pissed off and he ties Bo back to his mill thing that he has to walk around for his entire life. Again, rendering this scene entirely useless. And again, this is what I'm talking about. Like, this is a bad animated movie. This is a bad kids movie, right? We could, we would be fine with just the beginning where he's like, oh man, someday we want to get out of here. And then he later gets free with a Rube Goldberg machine. But the fact that there are two escape scenes in this movie, one of which does not matter, proves the like weirdly written tired way that this movie is constructed and like, and then this happens, but it doesn't matter. Yeah, right, right, exactly. And, you know, part of the reason for this is that they have to get through the pregnancy, right? So we have to keep fast forwarding ahead in time. So we go, we move to like six months later right now. Uh, But yeah, we could have moved to six months later and then met the donkey, (laughs) right? Yep. Anyway. So we we moved to six months later. Bo's still hard at work, mill and grain. And now it's time for us to meet Joseph. And boy, did they go full Jew on the Joseph animation. They made so many odd choices for Joseph. Like, I don't, I admit, I didn't pay super close attention to the genealogy and descriptions of Joseph, but I don't think they were like, oh man, if you like Woody Allen, then you will love <laughs> Joseph. Yeah, no, this character could have been and should have been voiced by Eli's Moishi impression. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, it's a wedding. My stomach. I, it's weird if I ask to poop right before the wedding, right? I mean, can we delay it? Oh, no. Oh, no. And, of course, the first thing we see him doing because he's so Jewish is being neurotic and walking in circles. Mm-hmm. You know, he's all worried because Mary's late. No, not that kind of late. Well, actually, that kind of late, too, now that you mention it, but... <laughs> Yeah, and this is also where we meet little baby John the Baptist. And this is, anyway, so Mary shows up. She still hasn't told Joseph about the deity fucking that she did. <laughs> She's like, hey, Joe, remind me to tell you about uh, getting fucked by a ghost later. Let's get married. <laughs> right, right, yeah. What? Her whole thing not, is. Not, not, I'll tell you later. I'll tell you later. Look what the Schmendersons yeah. got us. You think it's a, oh, a peeler? I bet it's a peeler. Did you oh. fuck somebody else? No. <laughs> no. You no. couldn't get it up the other night. Body? That's body irrelevant. I don't... Technically, I fucked three people. It's a fun thing. <laughs> <laughs> One of which is the baby. So <laughs> there's a thinker, right? Anyways, <laughs> so... is, 
Well, that's the whole thing is this scene is like, when should I tell my husband I'm pregnant with someone else's child? I'll wait till after the wedding. I don't want to burden him with that before the wedding. (laughs) We have a lot of Southern listeners. They get it. Yeah, right. (laughs) So meanwhile, back with the donkeys, old donkey is wise, but broken by the vicissitudes of life. So we have like a deep moment here where we deal with old donkey's depression over a life wasted walking in these circles. I wanted so badly for Johnny Cash's hurt to come on. <laughs> I hurt myself. Today, he shoots himself at the end of the whole thing. Yeah, but but this is also where he starts to see that little donkey is going to follow him down this path of despair and depression. And he's got a big heart after all. So he breaks little donkey out so he can go run with the royal caravan. And this opens us up to an amazing, awesome donkey parkour chase scene (laughs) with the Miller. It's pretty fun. It's pretty fun, them running away. First of all, though, uh, cartoon parkour is not as impressive as they think. (laughs) And you can do anything you want in a cartoon. It's not (laughs) as exciting as regular parkour. But I did enjoy, throughout throughout this chase, the placement of hay is very convenient. (laughs) (laughs) They are landing in perfect amounts of hay from large heights all over the place. Like, honestly, I thought the Assassin's Creed guy was going to, like, land on (laughs) it. Oh, hey, what's up? Cool. We could have made such a better movie, Sony Entertainment. Come on, oh, guys. Donkey's got a wrist blade. He just stabs the Miller in the throat. <laughs> <laughs> right, Everybody but instead, we have to see the, the Miller get covered in a lot of different colored things along the way. Ugh. That's pretty funny. Because now he's got red stuff on him. He had green stuff on him, too. Anyway, so while this is going on, Mary's chatting with Elizabeth, mother of John the Baptist, John the baby Baptist at this point. I wanted so badly for the baby to just reach over and try to wash her feet. And it's just like, stop, stop. And now weird. <laughs> yeah, your and- kid's weird. Just so you know, there's, there's a thing going on. This is also <laughs> where we get that amazing Bible deep cut where Elizabeth turns to her husband. She's like, I liked it better when you couldn't talk, Zachariah. <laughs> that's bible funny right there yeah. bible funny anyway so yeah the party's over um joe can't wait to do the dishes because first century bce judea sure was sexually progressive huh exactly <laughs> again they've just transformed them into this manic pixie dream couple of like okay <laughs> but i get to choose what to watch on the scroll tonight we'll see about that <laughs> i just can't open this milk and it's like all right i mean look i get the marriage as slavery of biblical times doesn't translate but maybe you don't turn them into fucking zoe deschanel oh yeah right <laughs> Yeah, no, of course, Mary, so he goes in to do the dishes. Mary's still trying to figure out how to break all the God fucking to Joe. And while she's doing that, she comes across Bo, who's who's hiding there in the place where they were having their party, I guess. And Bo has managed to break his ankle, I guess, or something. Or hurt it or something. And she she goes to help him, but he's like afraid... <laughs> He's going to hurt her. And he does this whole like, no, no, please. As she like splints up his leg. (laughs) Yeah. Did it seem like the donkey was 
worried she was going to put sticks in his butt. Isn't that what it seemed <laughs> what like to you in this think? children's yeah. cartoon? Very clearly what that happened. Yeah. Very clearly what that donkey was afraid of. Which makes you wonder what deleted scenes with the Miller we missed out on. <laughs> I feel like the movie was way more sexual than I expected going in. Yeah, well, around the donkey for sure. Something about Astamount. Yeah. <laughs> and this is where he gets he gets named Bo or Boaz. Boaz is the name. So like right there, she's basically saying, kind of would like to fuck this donkey. I'm going to name you Boaz. You are a desirable bachelor. Oh, yeah, exactly. That's all Boaz is in the Bible, too. That's anyway, it's we'll get because it gets worse. We'll get to it when we meet Ruth. But um, yeah, so we have to establish here, too, that Joe doesn't much care for this filthy donkeys. and, And we have to learn this through a slapstick fight. Between right. Bo and Joe. Right. And also like a Mary promising she'll walk and feed the donkey and take him to the vet every yeah. time it's time to go to the thing. And then again, <laughs> the slapstick fight leads in her pregnancy being revealed. And I, wa- I wanted so badly for it to just flash cut to like him outside and inside. We just hear Joe go, bullshit, God fucked you. What's his name, Mary? What's his fucking name? <laughs> Joe walks in. God's just smoking a cigarette. Sorry, brah. Sorry. (laughs) Had to do it. (laughs) Yeah, but look, yeah, because she stands up and he's like, he sees her baby bump and he's like, oh my God, you fucked the donkey. She's like, no, you know what? Let's talk about this off camera because this is a kid's movie and there is no fucking way to get here while we've got kids watching. So we'll distract the kids with more. Keegan Michael Key and you and I will go <laughs> flesh out the plot that the adults are uncomfortable with, but somehow brought their children to see. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, okay, so they go upstairs to talk, and before we're going to get to that scene, but before they do, I have this in my notes. They are playing. This is what I wrote verbatim. They are playing a country rendition of a gospel Christmas song. Nice to know where your temporal trough is. <laughs> you know, it's it's a comforting moment when you when you're like, well, death of my mom's gonna be better than this at least, right? <laughs> Jesus, fall on your knees. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, but it, while that's going on in the background, Joseph is not having trouble believing the story, right? Like that's no. what I was expecting. <laughs> he's buying it completely. He's just not sure if he's up to the challenge of raising God's kid. And I like the way Mary was doing the story. She's like, hey, remember remember before when like real quick, right before we got married, I was like, you know, this remind to tell you about the thing. I'm fucking, fucking a ghost. Funny story. <laughs> you are going to laugh. You know how you've never been raped by God? Well, do you know the term Eskimo brother? So you and God are Eskimo brothers. How cool is that? That's pretty cool, right? When you think about it. Yeah. Think, but, all right. But Joe's such a cuck, he's not reacting to the cheating. He's like, well, I'm worried about how I'm going to be a father for God's child. This is nervous. Yeah, yeah, right. Should we use the fact that God is his father to get him into preschool, or should we try to get him into his own (laughs) marriage? Yeah, he's moved on to the practical concerns pretty quick. Also, by the way, Bo and Dave are up to more wacky shenanigans downstairs. 
genuinely, again, they are just using wacky cartoon shenanigans to distract their propaganda. Yeah, right? no. Like, oh, Scrat yeah, chases but... acorn. Scrat chases acorn. Christian propaganda. It's time for Scrat to chase the acorn some more. <laughs> yeah. It, it, so they've decided they've got a plan. He's going to hang out there long enough for uh, for his ankle to heal up and then he'll just get himself kicked out in some hilarious sequences later apparently it never pays off by the way they never do (laughs) anything with that like they (laughs) set that all up and they're like i'll just get kicked out i'm sure i'll figure out something i can do they never yeah he just changes his mind later because it's another scene um but before we can move on to the next thing we have to have like so you joe has to walk by taking this super hard has to pray to god there's a lot of praying in this one. There's really a there's like full full blown montage basically here. Right. And the reason why we have this montage is so that we can play three or four more riff filled R and B covers of classic Christmas songs. Because yep. again, I can't emphasize <laughs> this enough. This is just a slightly longer than usual music video for a Christmas album. They're really trying to get the grandma that dragged you to this movie to buy the album. That's They might as well have like available now on iTunes just sail across the screen. Yeah, exactly. There should be an 800 <laughs> number and the tagline should be, but don't answer yet. <laughs> it, it, okay, so we, we excel, he prays to God, God doesn't help. And now we accelerate all the way to the end of the pregnancy with a three months later title card. It is now time to meet the three wise men and their three zany camels. And one of them's Tracy Morgan. Yep. The other two don't disappoint. That's nice, though. The other two are Tyler Perry and Oprah, and I already hated them. So, yeah. you know, there's no awe, oh, Robert Loja, why? There's nothing <laughs> there, right? Yeah. And we should clarify that, like, you can kind of see, again, everything in this movie is like almost, you can kind of see what they were going for, like the stern camel, the silly camel, and the crazy Christian camel. <laughs> I that don't is know. Meta aware of all time and space. <laughs> <laughs> but it doesn't. That dynamic doesn't work out as much as these movie makers were hoping because it's like, well, I want to eat some hay. We can't eat no hay right now. We got to find our owners. I'm Oprah Winfrey. We're making a movie right now. I will die on November 32nd, 2027. You're going to have to change the calendar by days. Yeah. So, but okay. So let me just give the setup here. This is how it goes. The three camels are riding along. They're like, one camel's like, I wonder where we're going. And the other camel's like, probably a birthday party. And the other one goes, I think it's a baby shower. And then the Oprah camel says, well, perhaps we're going to witness the birth of the son of God. What? (laughs) (laughs) Nowhere. Like, maybe God raped a Jewish lady and we're going to go see the baby. (laughs) What? (laughs) You're a weird camel. (laughs) Go away. (laughs) Like, like, yes, she happens to be right, but that's a weird fuck. You wonder if that was just always her guess. Right, and this is the one time she was right. You like, see yeah. that a lot. I want to know. The Did fact that you come in, raped a right. Jewish lady, and we're going to see the baby. Yeah, right. Okay. Okay. Every time. Yeah, we get it, Diane. You're into that. No, and, but it, it seemed to me because this is the first time I had to encounter this. Obviously, we've talked about it in the review up to this point, but this is the first time I encountered this, and I wrote in my notes. I'm like. It's like Oprah didn't get that this was a cartoon, right? Like that she was inside the story. She's because she's basically going, no, like, obviously, these are the three wise men where they're camels. We're going to 
have you guys not read the Bible? Like that was like seemed to be the attitude of her character. Also, <laughs> why does Oprah Camel have a henna tattoo shaved into her pelt? I don't know. Something terrible happened to <laughs> Oprah Camel. She's got a tattoo. She's crazy. I don't know what happened. One of those wise men got drunk one night and Oprah <laughs> came out the next day and she was like, you know what? There's probably the son of God somewhere. Let's figure that out. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and shave one side of my head. Okay. Okay, Oprah Camel. We'll talk about it when you're ready. Stedman, you're doing it wrong. What? This doesn't make any sense what you're saying. All right. So now it's time to go meet King Herod. Um, now, King Herod is played by Christopher Plummer, who told him at the beginning, like, look, guys, you get 16 words, no adjectives, choose wisely. His part could be played by a Christopher Plummer soundboard. Like, yes. he told me, like, ah, you know, we just took some other stuff, we put it together, and he was like, well, you did all the work already, sure. Yeah. So, so King Herod's chilling out, and and he comes in, the, the three wise men show up. Now, again, I should point out, one of the wise men is Joel Osteen, he plays Gamal, the Indian one. So this movie needed an Indian guy. So they got Joel Osteen for that part. <laughs> yeah, way to go, guys! Um, this is also where we meet the two dogs uh, that are like going to be the the antagonists of the movie. We know this because they come up to the camels and they say, "Hi, we're the antagonists in the movie." Hi. How you doing? I'm obviously I'm played by Ving Rhames, so. I'm a- <laughs> I'm the bad guy because, you know, black voices are scary. I mean, not yours. You're the silly black voices. And the other voices, dog but... comes up and says, and Hispanic voices too, huh? Also right? scary. But I'm like a wacky sidekick. Like, I'm still a bad guy because <laughs> our inherent fear of the other sort of pervades American culture. And let's, let's face it, I am not going to be a protagonist for many, many years. <laughs> uh, you guys should go check out Coco. It is doing much better than this movie. <laughs> So, so, yeah, so the wise men come in. Uh, the camels are chatting with the dogs. The wise men come up to, to Herod, and he's like, we have gifts for the king. And he's like, oh, thank you, thank you. And he's like, no, 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 the king that's going to usurp you. How did they get the wise distinction? Is that an inherited title? <laughs> anyway, yeah, so Herod would now like to murder a baby in this cartoon. <laughs> yep. And he's going to send... One guy to kill all the babies? Fairly? Well, I mean, let's face it. The babies, even if they team up, you know, they're not, they can't really wield swords. I yeah. get it. I get it. And he gets the two I'm... dogs also. Well, right. Connected right, by yeah. a chain the whole time. The it's, two dogs is kind of weird. Yeah. At this point, I was like, please tell me we get a montage of dingoes eating babies. <laughs> with like fun Alan Menken music in the background. <laughs> Somebody wants to <laughs> So, yeah, so he sends out his, his mini boss. Now, this character will just growl for the rest of the movie. Like, there's no voice actor associated with this character that I could find because all he ever does is growl. And and he can talk. I don't want to jump ahead, but this character can talk to dogs. A and par- maybe all animals? I don't. Sometimes. Yeah, so, we'll yeah exactly. It. Right, we'll right. This movie it. is very unclear on when the animals can and cannot communicate with the humans. Because the first thing that this guy does when 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 Herod sends him out to kill the baby, he's like, well, better figure out where this baby is. Perhaps I can get my dogs to in- interrogate the mouse from the opening scene. Which means that <laughs> he has heard of the mouse? 
Or he was talking to the dogs and they were like, we've been hearing about this mouse who keeps talking about the person we're looking at. <laughs> also, the mouse is a snitch bitch. Yeah. Right? Like, I mean, like, she's just basically right away. She's like, oh, yeah, Mary. She's uh, going to Bethlehem, I do believe. Turned over like Michael Flynn. No time. <laughs> To be fair, though, like a 14-minute Jack Bauer-esque torture scene between the dogs and the mouse would have been awesome. Yeah, yeah, right, right. Do you know where Sicilians come from? Um, so it, then we, we check back in with Bo. He's all healed up now. Um, and Mary and Joe have to go to Bethlehem for the impossible weird census that definitely never happened. So they're... <laughs> They're try this movie is fine with like one baby being chased to be murdered, but they really didn't want to go into the whole kill all the babies plot line. Right. So the yeah. reason Mary and Joseph are going to Bethlehem is for a census. You know, a census. <laughs> well, that's the sort of amalgamated bullshit story that the Christians actually tell. Um, is this wacky census, and we'll get into it a little bit more uh later on, but because Jesus historical character was born in Nazareth, but the uh the prophesied Messiah had to be born in Nazareth or in uh Bethlehem, you have to switch around where he is. That you know, it's one of the many weird things that they have to like kind of work around within the story. Um so the and they do that with this nonsensical census uh that required each person to go to the land of their fathers to be counted. Where the fuck would you go? <laughs> right like like you personally where would you go if you were going to go to the land of your father because apparently this means like joseph joseph's ancestor like nine guys back right. anyway um, i have to go to syosset and everyone's just standing around outside a home depot really you're dead too yeah no it's weird. <laughs> <laughs> long island used to be nice it's hard i know i am <laughs> i have all my teeth so it's weird i get it so <laughs> So keep bragging. So Bo, um, we learn here, is a real big fan of belly rubs. And then I thought, fuck, he should be the Carl the Peg of Peg of Corn voice. We just redo this entire movie, recasting all the voices as Eli characters. <laughs> and suddenly this thing makes a dent in the box office. Hello, it's me, Dave the Dove. Just here to tell you about my dancing. <laughs> So, yeah, so they're getting ready to go to Bethlehem. We get more slapstick comedy where Joe tries to put Bo on the wagon, but he won't do it because he's a wacky donkey. And we get Keegan-Michael Key doing his thing. They died, Like, when they asked him, he was like, yeah, fuck, I, I'm a Christian. Yeah, fine, I'll do it. But you have to let me do my one-man show. I got a thing ready. <laughs> it's going to be twerking and grunting. Are you writing this down? Why aren't you guys writing this down? Twerking. Grunting. grunting. Got so, it. Yeah. <laughs> don't forget the grunting. So <laughs> you don't not you're not holding a pencil or a piece of paper. I know that. Okay, I well, recognize your ass you're is just right moving. in my face and I can't do it. And you're twerking now. I know what that means. It's fine. All right. I wrote it down. So yeah, so Mary and Joseph leave. Uh, but because they can't get Bo to pull the cart, they just leave him locked in the yard. So they're gonna starve him to death as punishment. Yeah, they're like, we'll be back in six to eight months, donkey. Yeah, so it's going to be a bit. Face. But, but so now Dave and Bo are trying to figure out how he can escape and join the royal caravan. But just then, Herod's evil minion shows up with the dogs. Which means that the dogs did tell him, right? The dogs were like, hey, man, 
<laughs> like they had a, um, a weekly a meeting. And they, I, yeah, I don't. It, the, much of my film was spent thinking about what this guy thought was happening. <laughs> right? Yeah. So, but this is where this is where Dave the Dove has to distract them with his sexy dance. And this has made me very uncomfortable. A, because it's again cutesy scratch chases the acorn surrounding the propaganda, but also because of how much of my career it makes up. Like this is a lot of <laughs> a lot. Of, like, I wouldn't be crazy for someone to be like, and then Eli, you do a funny dance, booty dance. I'd be like, yeah, it's me do funny. Booted in, in, you do a really good dove noise too, right? Yeah, no, he doesn't yeah, do your good. dove noise. Quick heart, short, short, short. And I have to point out that they set this whole thing up. They're like, <laughs> they set this whole thing up with with the uh, with Dave saying, "I'll have to create a distraction so you can sneak past the dogs." And this is the like the most ridiculously obvious, easy comedy set up in a cartoon right i've got to create a distraction so the bird comes in and he says hey are you guys here for the dance show i'm gonna dance and then they and then he just kind of he dances like i would dance basically they like they've got nothing the animated bird is bad at improv in this movie <laughs> It's like, you know, we have to take like four months to animate this. You could take all the time you want to write this funny words for you to say. No, I just no. figured he'll go like this and then <laughs> that, that'll be it. So, yeah, but if this does not work, that the dogs do notice Bo and they go to question him, but they don't. They, they, they get her scent off of his bandage on his broken ankle and then they yep. decide to follow that scent. So they know where right. she is, but not really. That's all part of their clever plan. Who knows? Is it? Well, yeah, because because then Bo leaves, or they leave the gate open, and Bo leaves, and he's like, "We got to go warn Mary and Joe," and they're like, "Ha ha!" Now we can follow him and find out where they are. So again, the dogs planned all of this. That's strong writing. I hadn't. I didn't realize that they had done that. <laughs> that's, that's clever. I didn't that's realize clever. the meta levels yeah. they were going to here. Well, and what, what cracks me up is, first of all, like they are assuming that this donkey just kind of knows the way to Bethlehem, uh, but also and knows where they would be going. But also, like at the very beginning of this, they're, the, the dove is like, OK, gates open. So should we go follow the royal caravan or should we go save Mary? They choose save Mary, but the dogs didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> Show up at the royal caravan. And they're like, oh, man, I knew <laughs> trusting a donkey was a bad way to go. Should we yeah. find the royal caravan or follow the Jewish couple in a fight? <laughs> Jewish couple well, in a fight. Jewish, I was going to say yeah, Jewish couple no, in a right. fight. Well, yeah. okay. Obviously. Um, <laughs> what do you call it when you set up a MacGuffin that doesn't guide the action? <laughs> the, the MacGuffin. MacGuffin. The MacMuffin. The MacNuffin. Man yeah. about you. So, <laughs> and again, and again. What does the guy think is happening? I just I, I would spend the rest of the day there if I got into it again. Anyway, so so Dave and Bo head out to to save Mary. Luckily, Dave knows the way apparently, uh, but there's a cliff along the way. I wonder if someone will humorously tumble down it. It's and and again, this is another example of how badly made this animated movie is because they spend so like. So many animated movies have the, uh-oh, our characters have come to a cliff moment. But only the makers of this movie could be like, well, 
how's he going to jump down it? Not how's he going <laughs> to figure it out? Not what friends is he going to make? Just like, yeah, I guess the donkey jumps off the cliff and hopes for the best, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly where they go. And it's along the way uh, where he meets a sheep named Ruth. What? Is the sheep doing there? He's just falling. <laughs> he's falling down like a Roadrunner cartoon level canyon. Yes, and there's just a sheep pacing back and forth on this tiny little, like a video game bad guy on this tiny little platform. Is <laughs> a sheep. It's Ruth, and she like explains how to fall down the rest of the canyon. It made no sense. And also, yeah. and also, the Boaz just met Ruth, right? Like this. This sheep will later drunkenly blow him when he's passed out in a mill. That's what that's those are the old that's the only thing that Ruth and Boaz do in the Bible. Ruth is like three pages long, and that's the whole story. Yeah, it's a, such they, a weird choice. They didn't have to use those two. Yes. He could have been like, actually, guys, uh, lay at his feet. It's not what you think it means. Um <laughs> <laughs> Maybe name the the sheep sheepy sheep, <laughs> sheep the sheep or Kevin. <laughs> There's so many other names, uh, but yeah. But apparently Ruth is following the star because she's a pre-Christian sheep, you know, like in the Book of Mormon. And yeah, she helps him fall down funny more, and then they get to oh, the bottom. Now that you threw out the Mormon thing. I really want like the other sheep. Not to believe her, and then they get hit by lightning, and they're black sheep. <laughs> <laughs> so, so they get to the bottom where he, he meets back up with Dave, and Ruth wants to be friends, but they don't need some silly girl until the next sentence when that conflict is resolved, because it turns out she knows the way. Yep. Right. Again, because another—that's how we resolve conflict in this movie. Another sentence happens Ugh. throughout. Okay, so back at Herod's palace, Herod has locked the three wise men up and won't let them go out and find this new king. The camels are out of sleuthing. They need to figure out a way to spring the wise men. And again, there is just no build. Nothing comes together. It's just like, well, we need to uh, get past the guard. Kick. All right. We're past the guard. And they they will not (laughs) now... Like spring the wise men, they'll just happen to be in the background when King Herod lets them go. Yep. Right? We're not setting anything up here or anything. It's just so badly written. They had the so cameras and the audio equipment. Doesn't make no. Yeah, it it's no cameras aren't. Yeah. So uh, yeah, who the fuck knows? So it, so Herod decides he needs to trick the three wise men, and that's not going to be very difficult because again, inherited title there. Uh, they, like the camels are literally smarter than the wise men in this movie. The camels yeah. are literally like, mm, I don't think I think Hera's being full of shit over right. here. And Oprah meta Oprah camel is like, I think he's going to try and kill all the kids in Judea. <laughs> <laughs> trying to keep his rifle, but Christ will avoid him and go on to save us. And all right, Oprah, you're done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wrote my notes here. I'm like, Oprah camel manages to bring down this scene. Wow. <laughs> but I mean, it makes sense that she catches on. He, the king's like, hey, Wiseman, go find, you know, the new king in Bethlehem. Wah-ha-ha. And they're like, okay, uh, qu- 
quick question. Are you going to murder that baby? <laughs> what? No, I want to. I want to honor him with a gift. Wahaha! If you know what I mean. They're like, you know, you, do you hear how he said it? Evil. <laughs> That's yeah. super evil. The way wahaha. Just talk normal. Oh, all right. So I just want to give him a gift. Wahaha! Don't. Okay. Again, you hear, don't murder the baby. Right, just, I got it. I got it. Ready? Let one me, more time. One more try. Uh, no, I you oh my gift. god! See, I didn't do it at the end. There, you said don't do it at the end. <laughs> I moi, ha, want to ha, give the baby a gift. Moha. <laughs> so yeah, so he sends the wise men out to like sniff out where the thing. It, and it, and this makes so goddamn little sense because we've already established through great and convoluted links that the bad guy already knows because of the mouse questioning and the donkey following where to go right like so that's the scene is like triply useless so yeah okay so then boaz ruth and dave catch up with mary and joe because you know it's the next scene after all but they can't warn them about the danger because now animals can't communicate with humans but they can play charades that humans understand <laughs> What? And yeah, sometimes they understand, sometimes they don't. Like like halfway through the script, someone was like, uh, donkeys can't speak English. Should we Fuck. should we go back and fix this? Mm, don't have time. Just starting now. <laughs> Just starting now. Joel's like, well, it. technically one donkey, and they're like, shut up, Joel. Shut up. <laughs> shut up. But yeah, so they, they have to resort to doing like a charades improv skit to explain. It was like it was like Eli trying to explain vegan to every waiter in Tokyo. <laughs> Just like he, Eli's like Eli's like milking himself. Like no, no this, no dairy, no, no butter. This, this, buck, this buck, bad. Dishonor family. Buck, buck, bad. <laughs> I shouldn't have used the seppuku motion. Can you get off the table? I don't think that's helping. Eli, just step down. Just step down. They can, whatever you're doing won't help on the table. I would I sepakuud every time I didn't like something in Japan, so they got it. <laughs> they did get it. They did get it. Yeah. Oh, I love that. So yeah, <laughs> so <we> can- <laughs> <laughs> they just go out with a bowl of rice gruel and dump it on the table in front of them. Okay. <laughs> this is okay. what you get. They got it. This is an American waiter. <laughs> so they they yeah, so we get several minutes of the donkey and the sheep trying to communicate through interpretive dance so that there's a guy coming with dogs to kill them. But just that big growly guy catches up with them, so they have to run and hide, which they communicate to Mary now because it's now and earlier they couldn't who the fuck knows. Anyway. Uh, anyway, so if only someone could inadvertently trigger a mousetrap-like sequence of unlikely coincidences that knock this guy into a well, that sure would be spiffy. <laughs> Jesus. And that happens. And yeah. Uh, yeah, they push like a giant cart full of apples to get in his way. It's just classic, you know, cartoons. <laughs> I wanted a giant apple to push a cart full of humans in the way. <laughs> <laughs> Then the apple starts talking to the humans, but it has to stop mid-sentence. It's like, wait, I don't speak English. I meant, <laughs> I meant to say apple, apple, apple. Oh, this what apples say? Shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but we came real close to a, a murdered pregnant lady in the kids' movie. Came real close. Yeah. Luckily, yeah. there was a fruit cart. Would not have been surprised if they chopped Mary's head off and then delivered the baby. And then, and then did, like, did like a pro life PSA. Yeah, like right. The Even with just your looks life right into in the danger. camera. <laughs> Abortion is wrong. Kill the mother if you have to. The more you know. Ding. 
But of course, so he triggers the Rube Goldberg invention. The, the bad guy gets knocked into a well. Uh, but of course, Joe doesn't know that the donkey was saving the day. And he thinks he just caused a bunch of trouble. So he has to run the donkey off in advance of act three. Because this is yeah. the sad part now. He's right. trying to old yell at him. He's like, go on, get out of here. We, <laughs> we need some more Christmas music and a mopey montage. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> He also, he's got to be mean and dismissive towards Ruth the sheep on the way out. She's like, oh, you want a blowjob now? Like in this, I mean, bad. <laughs> blowjob. <laughs> so, yeah, but you. he charges off. <laughs> he goes like, I don't care about anyone because this is the act three break. So we're not even, we're not a flock anymore. Go fuck yourself. And I just wrote in my notes, if you guys ever say we're not a flock, I will kill myself. And I will send you, <laughs> send you the video. You understand? We are a flock on this podcast. Flockcast. Mad about you. <laughs> so they all split up and go their separate ways. And just then, the bad guy crawls out of the well. All right. So, yeah, couldn't have made that any more obvious without a title card. So I guess act two is over and we've earned a break. But first, let me give act three the hard sell. Will Boaz ever realize his dream of carrying a king? Wait, isn't Jesus some sort of king or something? Is that the highest level of clever this screenwriter will achieve? Find out the answers to these questions and not much more when we return for the meet these 11 new characters conclusion of The Star. From the makers of the star. I'm Wally the Worm, and I've got a mission. Comes a movie about a worm with a mission. But, Wormy, you can't do it alone. So see the most important moment in human history. But I can't miss the crucifixion. Christopher Walken. I've got a worm faster. Kelly Clarkson. I'm a bird. And a variety of other cast members that'll make you go, aw oh man, why, oh why, more often than the current news cycle. Climb on my back and I'll take you. This Easter, the cross. <laughs> Wait, who are you? I am film legend Peter Laurie. <laughs> oh, this is topical. Good. <laughs> who can I do an impersonation of? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Thaddeus, my merciless minion. Did you succeed in killing that baby? No, no, Thaddeus, you can't just growl, remember? No, no, use your words. Now, did you kill that baby? Um, no. No. Okay, not what I was hoping to hear. What happened? Well, I got... Knocked into a well by a donkey and then thrown off a cliff by a bunch of camels and some sheep. My, my chief assassin was thwarted by livestock. Well, they kept triggering these, uh, these Rube Goldberg traps, see, so... No, no, kind of you know what? Me. I don't see. I'm having trouble visualizing this whole thing. Right. Right. No, I get that. I get that. So, it's hard to visualize. What happened? Can you walk me through? Okay. Yeah. What? Um, well, first I had my dogs, you know, my dogs, I had them question an evangelical mouse. Already going to stop you. You did what? None of those um, words okay. are. Well, yeah. So, uh, the mouse, she was telling all the critters about 
some child of God or something? The mouse was. The mouse did this. That, yeah, uh, that is what my dog said. Yes. In barks. Your dogs told you this. Uh, yeah. In, in barks and also charades, a combination. Uh, so anyway, we went to interrogate a donkey, but a dancing pigeon tried to distract us. Um, it was successful. And, uh, so my dogs, they came up with a clever plan to get around sure, that. Sure, sure didn't. Sure didn't. That is, do you smell toast, buddy? Like um, someone's making toast see, right now? Is that uh, kind of, like? kind of. See, um, just moving on. We figured if we let the donkey go, it would lead us to its owners. Okay, how would the donkey know where they were? Um, good question. Question. Uh, well, I mean, I figured they probably mentioned it before they left, right? Right, so you assumed that they told the donkey where they were going. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, we followed the donkey until it, well, it outsmarted us um, twice. Mm-hmm. So. And there were also camels and sheep. Yeah. Yeah, at the end. A whole bunch of both of those. Mm. Thaddeus, buddy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and get a new baby killer. Hate to just throw it out there like that, but oh. wanted to Yeah. Kinda figured this was gonna happen. Didn't and do very well. Honestly, I don't really think you should have any more sword wielding kinds of jobs moving forward. Yeah. That's that's probably the best thing. I get it. And we're back for more of this shit. When we last left our heroes, all was lost because we were about to get to the Act 3 turn. But before we can do that, we need to linger here with a little sadness montage. Oh, this is montage (laughs) two for those counting. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. Sad walking montage. And the lyrics lyrics are amazing. Oh, the show on the nose. It's just... I feel discouraged. That's, That's the song. Yes. I feel discouraged. Sad walking music. Dejected talking music. <laughs> yeah. And of course, this includes some more humorous downfalling because that never gets old when the uh, donkey falls down. And then he decides between the caravan or Mary again. Yeah, right. Okay, so yeah, so they come across the royal caravan at, at the end of this long sadness montage. But Bo is over the last scene now because there's been a montage, goddammit, and he wants to go back and help Mary. It's like that you were there a scene ago. Ugh. Like like the audience the, listening along doesn't realize how, because they had an interstitial break. We didn't, the movie didn't even have that. Yep. We're going to make fun of our MacGuffin doing it wrong thing. We should follow <laughs> the one that makes... Uh. All right, and, but the the bird and him have this nice moment where the bird's like, "Hey, man, we can leave the caravan. It's always been about our friendship." And I wrote in my notes, "Heath, why aren't you loyal like this bird? Huh? <laughs> huh? <laughs> Keegan Michael Pigeon's loyal." <laughs> yeah, till the end. This scene did have a bit of a. I've almost got you talked into some weird cloaca stuff, kind of a feel to it. But yeah, they do decide <laughs> that they're going to stay together, um, which he celebrates with a with another pigeon dance. Yeah, he spent days explaining his ass dance to these animators. Like, <laughs> so long. So many details no, no, he had to convey. Left cheek, left cheek, right cheek. What the hell are you guys doing? So, yeah, so Joe and Mary are still walking, and Joe is pulling the cart like the ass that he is when suddenly the wagon gets a flat wheel. <laughs> yep. <laughs> They have to have the they have to have the wagon fall apart here, so Joe can get neurotic again. So they just have the wheel fall off. 
Yeah, yep. and apparently even back then there were useless assholes who couldn't change a tire. And Joseph's like, he's such a cuck. He's the worst. <laughs> he calls triple A, Arab, Arab, Arab. And these guys just show up. <laughs> I wanted Mary to push him out of the way and change it. Just like right in his face and then fuck a black guy while he watches. <laughs> <laughs> so, but instead of that, again, we could have made such a better movie. Bo shows up to help. Mary wanders off because she's sick of Joe getting all neurotic. Bo shows up to help, and then Joe runs off to help Mary because he's now over the beginning of this scene and wants to resolve conflict. Speaking of conflict resolution, Ruth is still there because Mary and Joe apparently adopted the sheep that was following them, and yep. she is over her last shared screen time with Bo, too. Yeah, he's like, well, no, 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 we did the sad montage. And she's like, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> I didn't realize there was a sad montage. You got to tell me when there's a sad montage. <laughs> we're two scenes away from the villains coming back, but then that means we're one scene away. Okay, I got it. I'm, I'm back on the timeline. <laughs> so, yeah, so Joe finds Mary out rock sitting. Oh, um, dude, if she had an ancient coat hanger, how amazing would that be? <laughs> Mary, no, no. What's that bucket of water for? Nothing. 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 Why is it so hot? Um, <laughs> so, yeah, but, and they do have this, like, should we keep the baby type of conversation, right? Like, she, too, is a little nervous about raising the Messiah. I wrote in my, in my notes here, the movie's being serious now. <laughs> They're taking the source material seriously at this point. We're really exploring what it must have been like for Joe and Mary to know they were raising the son of God. <laughs> they call over the hunter guy. Hey, we're kind of worried about it. Can you take care of this like early? <laughs> you, know <what> I mean? <laughs> you know, a lot of people have fallen down wells in this movie. I'm thinking the donkey causes a Rube Goldberg abortion. Somehow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, such a bad trap. No. <laughs> so, but yeah, but the donkey car uh, shows up. He's carrying all their stuff like a good donkey now. Hooray. And that's when Mary realizes the baby's coming. So Joe carries all the stuff that was on the camel and the camel carries Mary. And then we advertise the CDs some more. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Uh, this is where we get the, I believe, the title song, The Star by Mariah Carey. <laughs> oh, Mariah. Why didn't you invest better? Just do a nude spread back when we wanted you to. It's you something. Have any of that I Nick just... Cannon money still <laughs> left over? <laughs> Nothing? She was so, just yeah, like, so now... well, it's 1992, the perfect time to go crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think she's worth like $500 million, though. That's the crazy thing. Christ. She just yeah. wanted to do this. You wow. can be rich enough to be crazy. Well, that's At a true. Certain point, no. they don't. There's like this threshold of just like it doesn't matter what you say or do. You have enough money. Yeah, no, I like right, to call right. it the Kanye West threshold. I was going to say the Donald <laughs> Trump threshold, but yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, so but then we for this song, which is called "The Star," we get a fucking going to Bethlehem montage. Not only is this the third montage, but it's the second montage in the last three scenes. Oof. Jesus. So now we, we wind up in Bethlehem for the impossible census that never happened. I mean, <laughs> the Romans kept records of, and this is a record, right? This would yep. be a record. Like you wouldn't have to have a record of the census. The census itself is a record of the census. That's what a fucking census is. <laughs> what was the plan for the census anyway? Just like, okay, is everyone here? 
<laughs> yes. Did anyone stay home? No. All right, everybody line up and count off. Count it. What? One, two. I don't know how to count above two. Fuck. This is going to take so long. I hate ancient Israel. Five. Wait, hold on. Hold on. Sheep. Scratch this. Start over. Start over. Get him out of the line. All right. Bad about you. So, yeah. So they go to check in. So Joe and Mary have to find a hotel to stay in. Uh, so they go into this hotel. They leave the donkey tied up outside. And, oh, no, the Miller wanders by from the beginning. And he sees Bo, so he has to donkey nap him. Uh-oh. <laughs> what? And, again, this is none of it has anything to do with the plot. They just needed to add, like, four minutes to this movie. Apparently, yeah. yeah. Well, no, you remember the Miller from before? Yeah. <laughs> He's getting resolved. This is a good plot twist. This is <laughs> good writing. Okay. Yeah, it all comes back, back around. And I want to point out, okay, so he's, Bo has all their stuff on him. Now, Bo shouldn't have all the stuff on him because the last time we saw him, Joe took all the stuff and Bo was carrying Mary. It doesn't matter. But Bo has all their shit on him. So the Miller also stole all their shit, right? Like he knows that when he last saw the donkey, it wasn't like filled with another person's belongings. So I just want to point out Miller, Grand Theft Donkey here. Um, but of course, the inn is full. They come back out, and now Bo's gone. And Joe's like, "Oh shit, Bo had all the money." And Mary's like, "Did you left all the money tied up on a donkey outside of the inn? That's dumb." And he's like, "Yeah, that was dumb." Yeah. And in so and in Joe's imagination, Bo's just at like a donkey strip club, just making it rain, <laughs> getting some ass, if you will. <laughs> Mad about so, you. And then we get this whole scene where Ruth and Dave realize they need to find Bo. And um, they don't. There's no purpose for this scene. They just have to like, oh, we have to do something with the Ruth and the Dave character. So they go off to find Bo. They will not find Bo or in any way affect his escape. Um, yep. So Mary and Joe keep uh, looking for a, a place to stay, ignoring that immediately preceding line about how they now have no money. Remember? You just said that. Now you can't go to other ends and try to anyway. Um, but then we then we also have to go back and uh, check in with the camels. They right. Sure do tie themselves in a knot with some funny down falling. <laughs> I, I wanted so badly for Oprah's camel to just be like, I'm not tied up. I'm sitting in the sound booth. Totally <laughs> Damn it, Oprah. <laughs> I was on 30 Rock. <laughs> so, yeah, so Bo gets tied up. In the uh, in the the Miller ties him up in some uh, barn somewhere. He doesn't know what to do, so he decides to pray. Praying. We actually found a children's movie with a message worse than Toy Story three, where all of the characters hold hand and accept death. <laughs> <laughs> That's what happens. Yes, in Toy Story the 3. donkey is gonna pray now. Donkey's praying. Yeah, yeah. Just like cut up to God in heaven. He. He's just saying, bah, like, what am I supposed to <laughs> fucking do? God floats. Dude, I don't understand. Maybe do you have a, do a skit for your prayer? I don't know what's happening. <laughs> Loudly praise the donkey? No, that's not. I don't. So, yeah. And this is also where we meet this character and that character and this one over here. Um, it's crazy. Why did this happen? They literally like, here's Kelly Clarkson and I'm the wacky donkey or I'm the wacky god who cannot slip and I'm the sassy bull. And they were just like, all right, what is going on? 
Yeah. Literally, Kelly Clarkson starts singing because she's Kelly Clarkson. And they're like, oh, she's singing because she's so sleepy. <laughs> yeah. What? <laughs> so, yeah. Okay. So here's what's going on here. These three animals live in this barn and they can't sleep. They haven't been able to sleep for like the last nine months because this star is right over top of them, making it so bright. You know how stars are over places? It's all night. <laughs> like a rain cloud over Daffy Duck. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> you know, you get a star in your eye if you're driving. Too late yeah. And it just, uh, you know, flip yeah. the thing down. <laughs> but but they did set up a very nice manger under it, just in case any, you know, sons of God need birthing or act three later. This will be inside a snow globe. You're just sitting there. <laughs> so, yeah. So now uh, Boaz has friend, befriended these animals, so they help him escape. Boy, did we just resolve that conflict. So he runs off. He, he meets up with Dave and Ruth, who, again, were fucking useless in aiding his escape. Um, and he says, hey, you guys need to find all the other side characters so we can end this fucking thing. So they do. Uh, Dave runs out and teams up with the camels and Ruth goes and finds her flock. <laughs> so stupid. And, and she literally, she like runs into her flock. She said, oh my gosh, that's my flock. And so the sheep tells the other sheep about Jesus and they immediately believe her. Well, like, well, it just so <laughs> happens that as she's telling her flock about that, it turns out that these two shepherds are the shepherds that the Holy Ghost appeared to to tell about Jesus being born in Bethlehem. It just so happens it was the same shepherds. So all the sheep hear God say this and realize she was right. Yep. Like in the Bible. <laughs> I wanted God to be Samuel doing the speech to Ringo. Like, <laughs> the truth is, you're the weak and I'm the tyranny of evil men. <laughs> trying really hard to be the shepherd, man. Yeah. Would have been fun. So, but of course, okay, so Mary and Joseph are still trying to find an inn. Joe prays again, God is no help. But just then Boaz shows up and he's like, I know it's not an inn. I, but it feels like, I, honestly, it feels like me trying to take Eli to a place I would stay or whatever. He's like, it's a manger, but you'll you'll love it. Trust me, it's it's fine. Once the lights are out, it'll be just like the other room. One um, star, one star on trip advice. Are you insane? <laughs> Where's the ballet? <laughs> I don't understand. I need the bed to be vegan. Vegan bed. <laughs> vegan does not understand. Not this, vegan. No, <laughs> why are you stabbing yourself? I don't <laughs> get this. Bad. I'm like, a like, human. Like, you can just, we speak <laughs> English, both of us. Don't. And <laughs> 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 speaking of uh, <laughs> the evil growly guy. Is right behind him the whole time. So they get to the manger, uh, but of course, Boaz has to go back and fight off the evil baby murderer in the kids' movie. So it's right. time for a good old fashioned donkey fight. Right. And it's just like, again, this is all so badly written. It's so hard to just, it's just like, he's like, hey, look over there. And the dog's like, what? And he's like, kick. And then, man. Yeah, well, again, now, if this was even mildly cleverly written, there would have been something that was introduced within this film that would explain why at this point he was going to be able to beat the dogs. There would have been some character quirk or personality thing or whatever, or there would have been some item that had been introduced. But no, he just donkey kicks the dogs and now he's won. 
But right. of course, he can't beat the horribly inappropriate child entertainment antagonist with the sword. So now the sheep have to show up and the camels. <laughs> and How are the camels going to help? Just like, wait him out. He'll get thirsty before. <laughs> we got this. Just don't move. I'm Oprah Winfrey. You don't attack me. Are you kidding? I have personal security. I'm one of the richest women on earth. I'm very proud. Oh, never mind. Cut all of her lines. She just... She, Nothing she said just now. I'm Oprah Winfrey. If there's a gentleman attacking me, let me know. I'll call the police. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah, so the camels and sheep show up. Um, and again, like because they, they run the guy off of the cliff, right? And I gotta wonder what the fuck does he think is going on now? <laughs> right? If you eh, like I again, I would stay there all goddamn day. Um, but of course, this is the part where the dogs are in trouble too. So Boaz has to save the dogs, even though they're the bad guys, because he's such a good guy. Right. right. And I, I wrote in my notes here, if these dogs accept Jesus, I will shit in my hand and throw it at the screen. <laughs> and they do. So Eli had to shit in his hand and throw it at the screen. That will happen in the very next scene. <laughs> I am not welcome back at this AMC. <laughs> There's a lot of those. We have you a already we have a map where it's got the seven we're still allowed to go to. <laughs> the woman it. comes in and she's like, "No shitting on the screen." Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, uh. No, I'm not japping it. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> So just as this all resolves, she's doing a skit to make you not shit on the screen. <laughs> Don't do this. Okay, well now you're shitting on the screen. <laughs> you see how this? Okay, I'm just saying. It's a moment. <laughs> uh, if you were never on the rails to begin with, it does anyway. So yeah, then we we cue Christ's arrival with the sound of a crying baby. Bo rushes in and damn it if it isn't baby Jesus and damn it if Jesus wasn't one ugly fucking baby. <laughs> yeah. Baby Jesus has male pattern baldness. Why? This movie. He looks like, looks like an old clown. It's, really weird. <laughs> it's fucking scary. I, I felt very attacked by this scene. <laughs> <laughs> so, God, Jesus, they did. They modeled him after Eli. That's it. Um, <laughs> I wanted them to pan over and somebody's drawing the baby Jesus on a blanket. Like, hey, what are you doing? What? It's the swaddling cloth of Turin. It was already like this. I'm just tracing over it. It was like that. So, oh, and also the mouse. Remember the evangelical mouse? That mouse shows up now because that voice actress is also in the movie. And then, of course, the three wise but not quite camel wise men show up so that all the characters are here. And... Yep. Then this is where, like, Bo, you know, so we can have Bo realize, oh, I did carry a king. Hooray. I'm up to my dream. And then fucking Oprah Camel goes full Linus for like five minutes. <laughs> she turns to the, literally turns to the screen yes! and is like, you know what? This is the first ever Christmas. What? <laughs> what are you talking about? The first. Wouldn't explain make sense. what Christmas to- is in your mind right now. <laughs> You know, the birth, nope, it sure isn't. Satinalia? <laughs> it's the first ever Satinalia? Oh, the okay. Nicene Council will reappoint to be the birth of Christ? Is that what you mean, Oprah? Tracy Morgan's car. bumping into me with his wheelchair. 
Stop it, Oprah. I was on 30 Rock. No. No. You're shitting on the screen. <laughs> All right. So, and then that's that's it, guys. The donkey is part of the family now, and everyone's happy, and Jesus is born, and he won't get crucified for like 33 years. Um, so, obviously, pretty fucked up movie, uh, but I feel like that was at least inherent in the goal of doing a cutesy rendition of a story about rape and infanticide. So to close things Mm -hmm. off tonight, I want to ask you guys what biblical story you would most like to see Sony animation try to cutesy up next. Oh, all right. Well, uh, 33 years later, the passion, obviously. (laughs) Mm -hmm. All nice name. Goy story. (laughs) Uh, I'm going to go with the massacre of the Amalekites. Okay. Uh, (laughs) Or as I would call it, mad about Jews. <laughs> Full <laughs> circle. But the Jews I was going to go with the story where they have to chop the concubine up into little pieces and mail her around. That would have been my, that would have been mine from, I believe that was from Judges. And well, that's going to do it for our review of The Star. That's not going to do it for the episode just yet because we're still getting our Christmas spectacular underway here. So, Eli, tell us, what's on deck? Christmas with a capital C. <laughs> I'm so happy about this one. Oh, this my, my God. Favorite, favorite preview we've ever had for a movie next week. So excited. This movie... It's Daniel Baldwin ruins Christmas, right? He comes back it's, and he's like... It's a step down from Stephen Baldwin. They couldn't get Stephen Baldwin for this. <sighs> and just to say how bad this movie must be, a woman misspeaks in the trailer. At the end of the trailer, a woman goes, we can't let this detract from our savior. No, no, detract, no, detract us, us from, from Christmas. Yeah, yeah, distract. right. We can't get detracted. That's that exactly. That's the thing is that like it is so bad that Eli automatically corrected it when he said it. Eli. Anyway, so with that one to look he forward to. Speaks wrong though, and he did. <laughs> he did, didn't he? <laughs> so with that to look forward to, and boy, are we looking forward to it? We're going to bring episode one hundred and twenty to a merciful close. Once again, a huge thanks to all the Patreon donors that help make the show go. If you'd like to count yourself among their ranks, you can make a per episode donation at patreon.com slash godawful and thereby earn early access to every episode. You can also help us a ton by leaving us a five-star review on iTunes and by sharing the show on all your various social media platforms. And if you enjoyed this show, be sure to check out our sibling shows, The Scathing Atheist, The Skeptocrat, and Citation Needed, available on iTunes, Stitcher, and wherever else podcasts live. If you have questions, comments, or cinematic suggestions, you can email godawfulmovies at gmail.com. Legal services for this podcast are provided by the law offices of P. Andrew Torres. Our theme song was written and performed by Ryan Slotnick of Evil's Drafts on Mars. All other music was written and performed by our audio engineer, Morgan Clark, and was used with permission. Thanks again for giving us a chunk of your life this week. For Heath Enright and Eli Bosnick, I'm no illusions promise to work hard to earn another chunk next week. Until then, we'll leave you with the Breakfast Club close. Ruth, Mary, and Boaz hitched a ride on a Mormon submarine and started up a very profitable street show in Mexico. <laughs> Joseph's friend Steve spent the rest of his life hiding his Holy Spirit mask and not letting on. Joel Osteen cried until they let him play a dark-skinned character in this movie. (laughs) (laughs) Mad about you. Burt Scrabble's The TV show about two gay brothers who are engaged. (laughs) 
She doesn't get in until like 1130. So it's open late. Um, but uh, yeah, I think she'll probably, <laughs> probably want to go home. Unless she got pregnant while she was going. Really good French dip sandwich. Oh, juice get here oh, I do like Listen, a good French dip sandwich. It's the French best French dip sandwich I've ever had. I've is had it? a lot of French dip sandwiches. Oh, okay. The juice sauce is just baller. Okay. Oh. All right. Well, so I'm in. I'm in. Maybe we can do that before gets yeah, there. Yeah, there you go. We can get her one. Yeah. And there can just be one she waiting for when she shows up. Yeah. And, or I can eat it if she, she doesn't want She can sleep in it like a sleeping bag. You could, oh, I would love to sleep in one of those. <laughs> I would sleep the fuck out of one of those sandwiches. What? Yeah. Make sweet soup. No, let's go ahead. <laughs> All right. All right. And just as a word of warning, you've been breaking up on us a little bit here and there uh, through the A segment and the B segment. So if we don't respond to something that you said, that's probably going to be why. Um, it's not that you're not funny. Just say joke over if that happens. Yeah. <laughs> and scene. <laughs> the preceding podcast was a production of Puzzle and a Thunderstorm, LLC. Copyright 2017. All rights reserved.